No, we're not. We're not recording. Oh, there we go. Hey, what did you say when the... Uh... Don't. <laughs> and welcome to episode 58 of Ripping the Rack. I am Brian doing the intro this week. Uh, on my left is that really old doofus guy that won uh, some stuff. Hi, Tim. Doofus. I love Hi, doofus. Hi, Brian. Hi, Calvin. Hi, Marky. Hi, doofus. Uh, he is our representative from the north. And the North remembers Mr. Calvin Locke. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? <laughs> Pretty good. good. And on the bottom <laughs> right, we have Mackie Pins. Mark, what's going on? Nothing much, boys. How are we doing over here tonight? We are good. Timmy, what yeah. are we going to talk about today? I don't know. This is your show, dude. You're just, you Not my show. You have all the notes. Like, you're like, okay, this is what we're talking about in the pre call. And then you're like, all right, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's a fact. Go. Uh, let's see. What are we talking about? We're talking, you know, we are going to talk a little bit about the mixed world slash candle pin for cancer mixed tournament slash national mixed something, whatever it was two weeks ago. Now that Marky's joining us this week. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit just about. I want to do it because you won. Like we're going to talk about it every day now a, for the rest of <laughs> I didn't say a word about it. We'll have a special guest on next week as somebody who was also there, just so they can talk about how Tim won. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I apologize that I just keep winning shit. Next week, our special guest will be Tim? Jim Tatero. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me. I'll shave next week, and then I can <laughs> talk be... about his favorite memories of Tim Tatero. <laughs> Lord, growing up as your twin brother, what was your opinion? I we'll hate do you that. All. We'll I do that. Hate, episode I, episode 69. We'll do it. Yes. Dedic dedicated to Tim. <laughs> episode 69 is an airing of the legend of Timmy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Episode 69. Make sure to tune in. This will be a very, very special episode 69. We're just going <laughs> to talk to Tim. Tim and Bolin. I hate you all. It'll be hate. a really... It'll be a really short It'll episode. be about cats, get it. boobs, <laughs> get it. video games. It'll be a really short episode. <laughs> oh, I wish we had a rim shot sound effect. <laughs> Somebody needs to get an XLR board. We need sound effects. <laughs> we need sponsors. Oh, good. That's true. Anyway, yeah, anyway. Uh, we will talk a little bit about the uh, leader tournament this weekend. Um, and then uh, we've got some questions, so we can have some episode, a, a wonderful episode of Log Letters. Log Letters. Yeah. Log Letters. Oh, and, Log Letters. Uh, Log Letters. <laughs> Log Letters. Um, we could do a we are, harmony. We are doing a hard, hard stop at 45 minutes today. You have the timer on? <laughs> uh, well, we're at three minutes and 15 seconds of you guys continuously shitting on me. So, hey, you know what? This will be a 45-minute episode of you guys continue just to shit on. Me. No, that's episode 69, the roast of Tim Matero. It's true. It'll, oh be the highest, it'll be the highest viewed episode no, we'll, we've ever had. Okay. I was thinking like... We could have some guests. I was thinking we talk about Tim's like achievements. No, we'll do the roast of Tim Matero episode. The 69. roast of Tim you know Matero what? would be better. Oh, my God. I, Oh my God! Here's what we'll here's what we'll do. We we we've got uh, what what do we have? Eleven episodes, not counting this one. We've got eleven episodes remaining before episode sixty nine. 
if you want to do a roast of Tim Matero, understand that I do get my fair share time. That's well, fine, but it's three yeah. of us to one of you, and it's fine. Yeah, but, no, but, but no, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be like the Friars Club roast. Like, exactly. They like were D. the Martin best things that were Davis. ever on television. If and if, ever and seen if, those you, guys, if you guys want to get people on, send in your videos, folks, of the oh roast of Tim Matero. Oh my god, this will oh be the greatest goodness. episode ever. Ever? Ever? Send in your send in. You know what? We'll limit it to how what? 60 seconds? Yeah, 60 one minute seconds. of sure. get, guest videos. Yeah, you nice get and one short. minute we'll guest keep it videos. Really, really, really short. You can send it to rippingtherackpodcast at gmail.com and we will somehow figure out how to splice those in. And honestly, folks, it is a roast. It's not just a straight shit on. There is an art to roasting somebody. Yes, there is. Correctly. Yes, no, there is. Uh, you, let's do it. We've, yes. we've got 11. We've got basically three months to get this thing done. Tim, you've done enough and you've been around in this game and your career has been documented and well enough where this it's is going to time. You deserve all of this. <laughs> this is going to be like Every the little mankind of- in the rock. This is your life. <laughs> I, I, I'm good with it. We can let's have some fun with this. Oh, good God. I cannot wait for people to find out. 60 second videos, people. Just send them to rippingtherack at gmail.com. Ripping the Rack Podcast. Ripping the Rack Podcast at gmail.com. We will get them into the YouTube video the day after. Maybe the day after that. It might take a little bit to edit it in. But we will get them in, and this will be the best episode of Ripping the Rack Podcast in history. In history. God, it's amazing how fun this can be sometimes. Oh, I can't last. I can't wait. Blast. I can't when, wait to have my. We got three months to prepare this. Yes. And in wait. my and in my typical way, I will wait till the night before, and then be like, "Oh shit, I got to put something together for the response for <laughs> yeah. everything." So, again, with more on this, we will definitely be sending this out uh, multiple times uh, beforehand to make sure people get their uh, one minute videos, um, and we'll go from there. So, coming soon, episode sixty nine, the roast. Of the legend, Tim Matero. Timmy Matero. I think this is the greatest uh, idea we've ever come up with. This is <laughs> it, gold. This is, I, I honestly, this will be fun. This yeah. is podcast gold. Yeah. This, this will be fun. So uh, let's talk real quick about uh, the turning this weekend. Um, Lita Lanes has their, had their first of their, uh, what do they call it? Triple crown. Triple crown. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they had their five string event on Sunday. Um, 15 people signed up. Um, tough day. You know, it was Father's Day. So it's a, it, it is a tough day for it. Um, it hopefully this out. It was. And hopefully yeah. this catches on like next year. So this, this turns into a yearly thing because it's a cool idea. Yeah. You know, if it, five, if it wasn't nice out and everybody wasn't golfing, they'd probably have more people. But <laughs> you know, five strings in June, ten strings in July, and then a twenty stringer in August. Uh, it is a cool idea, and if you really think about it, horse racing is very similar with uh, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and Belmont. Yeah. In in the fact that one of them is more of a sprint, you know, one of them is more kind of that mid level, and then there is the long race and i think it's what belmont i think is the long one i have no idea I, I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure. Yeah. Belmont, uh, i thought was is the longest I think. I, that's what i thought 
Um, and I think the Preakness is the shortest, maybe. I don't know. No, the Kentucky Derby is the sprint. Oh, Kentucky Derby. Okay. So I just think it's cool. Uh, so congratulations, uh, Chris Bovair. Yeah, I heard he dominated. Uh, he basically lapped the field. Um, he was Do you the only have one. Any scores? Yes, he was the oh. only one over six hundred. Wow! So really looking forward to uh, November in Lee. Tough, tough, yeah. tough pins in there right now, guys. Yep. tough pins in there right now. So Chris was six seventy four with a ninety eight start. Wow! So he Jeez. was nine. He was ninety eight one fifty four one twenty six one fifty one forty six. Yeah, I was a outstanding six seventy four. He should have bowled a practice game, man. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, second place was uh, a midget not named Tim. Freshy. Freshy. Uh, he he was five eighty five. Oh, I can hear that five eighty five. Oh, I can hear it. Oh, I can. Tied for third was Josh Daly at five eighty one. Um, Joe B. Anyone? Joe? Joe, maybe Joe Bully, who's I, I, uh, Alexis Howard's uh, significant other, another uh, okay. one's leader right now. I might be him. I don't know another Joe B. Okay, he was five eighty one as well. Uh, Cody A. Not got me on that one. Got me on that one. Five seventy. Uh, Joey Lister was number six at five sixty six, and number seven was the legend himself, Jeff Surratt, at five sixty five. Uh, nice scores, Jeff. I'm really impressed with your middle three. You certainly uh, didn't have me to carry you, obviously. Um, 118, 100, 106, 99, 142. He probably hit the head high five. He probably hit the head pin 24 out of 30 in those 30 box, those three strings. <laughs> I promise you. Not a chance. <laughs> Are they just making a weird noise right now, Marky? Are they just stiff? Is it? No, like, I, what's it like in there? It's really rough. Uh, there's, there's, I, I can't explain it cause I'm not exactly there, but we bowled the pro league there on Fridays over the winter season and, uh, pins just sounded dead. Many of them sounded broken when you'd hit it. It'd make that like wet magic eraser sound, like get a magic eraser, soak it with water and then hit it with a bowling ball. <laughs> and that's what a lot of the pins they they were rough, man. You know, they did try to help it's out a few times. Flat. A few times they dressed up the decks and scores got a little better, but. Yo, that somebody's gonna throw a ball overhand in November. That's all I'm saying. Somebody's <laughs> I, gonna overhand one. No, there's the, Calvin's not there. No, no but DJ no. will be, and that's what scares me. The worst part, yeah. and here's the thing: I really like bowling at Lita. I like mm-hmm. it there. Yeah, I, I I think it's a cool house. It's got great food. It's got plenty of room. I like having what is it? Uh, eighteen and eighteen, or is it twenty and twenty? 1818. 18, 18, 18. 18. I like having it that way. To me, it's they, cool that they have the best approaches in all of Candlepin. I love their pro- I love their approaches. They're uh, so they just yummy to slide on. I don't know how else to it's just so comfortable. You never stick, you, you don't never slip stick. out of yeah. it's just yummy. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's good for confidence. You so, know you yeah, can deliver your the same thing, way every time. One less big thing to worry about. Yeah. So I really hope that between now and November they can figure out the pin issue. They had yeah. them going at Easter. The scores from Easter looked good. 
because it was the second time during the season they dressed the decks up. I was there every Friday. It was rough. I was just saying, like, it, it, it might be okay in November if they dress the decks. Like, Let's put it this saying. way. Nobody averaged 120. In the pro league, the yeah. pro speed league, nobody mm. averaged yeah. 120. So say what you want about this, that, or the other thing. You had Sean Baker, Brian Fuller, Freshy, myself, Matt Susie, like uh, Jeff Walsh, a whole bunch of guys that averaged 120, and none of us averaged 120. None of us. Nobody averaged 119. I think the highest we got up to was either Baker or Fuller at like 18. Fuller, Fuller was Fuller was 18.7, I think. That's about right. 18.6, something like that. None of us averaged yeah. 120. Um, I just, I, I just, I enjoy bowling there. I just hope that, like I said, I hope the pin thing is, um. A little bit better. I agree. It was one of my That's favorite up. houses in the world of bowl league at. I used to live in Waltham, a little suburb just outside of Boston. Yep. And I was driving up to Nashua twice a week just to bowl two leagues a week there because I absolutely loved bowling there. Yeah. And things have changed. Yeah. I wish we could have been at this point in the COVID stuff like six months ago because <laughs> then I'd be a lot more comfortable with coming down in November. But at this point, <laughs> They're still not opening the borders until like the end of July, yeah, at best. So I mean, Maine Maine is doing like today was what third day in a row that they had. We had eighteen no cases say, and yeah. we've had no cases in our county in four days. Yeah, yeah, which is why they were talking about New Brunswick was talking about opening the border to it. Yeah, but but the our big head poncho said no, that's a federal decision. You can't make that decision. Okay. Okay. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, that's the uh, that's the first uh, first round there. Mm-hmm. Um, when Mark, is the next what, one, Tim? Uh, I honestly, I have no idea. Sometime oh. I know it's sometime in July. I I tried to find the the schedule, the list, yeah, the schedule, and I I couldn't. I couldn't it find was it. a it was a post that um, Alexis made herself. Alexis Bowie yes. made herself. Howard. Yes. Um, it wasn't on Lita's main page, so I don't know. Maybe it's back on her page somewhere. Yeah. So I'll have to. Well, it's we'll, on Candlepin we'll, Chat, I believe. Was it? Yeah. In the chat? yeah. Well, I was on Candlepin Chat, and I just I just couldn't find it. But we'll uh, we'll keep looking for it. See if we can't uh, you know see if we can't find it and get that out there. Yeah. Um, Eventually, I just and I think people are working on is trying to get a canopin calendar uh, okay. that would have a running list of all the tournaments and things like that, which would be yeah. that's another thing. Actually, yes. Alexis has already done. There's an email list is, that she has. Uh, yes, at least I've gotten it the last couple months. Jeff, I would Jeff look at Bain my phone. Takes but... care of that for us. Yeah, he's got a Nova Scotia New Brunswick calendar, and that includes basically every tournament that goes through, even the men's worlds and, and all that stuff. She takes care of that. She does a pretty good job with that. Well, it's Jesse it's, Bain. I miss I Jess. It's important. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many different tournaments that people want to do. Yeah, you know, there are more people coming down, like going to Massachusetts for Maine lately. Over the last several months, mm-hmm. there are more people from Massachusetts that are coming up to tournaments in Maine. People want to bowl tournaments now. Yeah. Now they do. Yeah, they do. now that they haven't yeah. been able to for a year and a half. Um, as so, much as we 
pissed and moaned we missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. We did. It, I did. It sucks mm-hmm. when it's taken away from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I and Brian Brian can tell you, I was on the verge of just getting done altogether. Like I was getting burnt out. Hated bowling. bowling. <laughs> and like in the last like six to eight months, it's like made a resurgence as far as I'm concerned with me. Mm-hmm. Where I have a whole new appreciation of going to tournaments and seeing people and, you know, and bowling. Maybe it's because I can finally bowl halfway decent again. I don't know, but. But it's good. It's almost like, you know, we all got the video game put on pause for like a year and a half and everybody could just chill about it for a minute. Everything you hated or if you were getting burned out about it, you had a chance to just walk away from it for a while and actually get the chance to miss it again. Yeah, and I think that was a big one. People just didn't have it. You could look at your bowling balls anytime you wanted to, but you could never go and use them. And it just took a long time for people to just get that fire back that they wanted it back. And now that things are, at least down here, opening up pretty regularly for the most part, you know, that's it's starting to come back. And we were counting on this as as those of us who ran places that at the end of all of this, that there would be a resurgence of people coming back. Just give the people something to do. And they will come. They'll come. They'll bring their stuff. They'll play. They'll keep your machines working. They'll put money in the register. And everybody will be happy again. If and you so open far, it, so good. they will come. If you open, yeah. they will come. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Um, so, Mark, you weren't here, unfortunately, last week. So yeah. let's, uh, let's give us your take on the mixed tournament, the mixed worlds and Candlepins for Cancer mixed international, national. I don't know what it's being called this year. I don't know. The majority of us, it was kind of like mixed nationals. Uh, yeah. We, you know, we didn't get to have our friends from up north coming in and joining in and all the chicanery and shenanigans that go with all of that. But um, it was a good tournament. I, I thought it was well run. It was good to see a packed bowling alley again. Uh, we bowled the. Um, the national championships, I guess we'd call them, back in November in Portsmouth. And it was odd. Yes. Uh, it, it, it was close, but it was odd. Like, we yes. skipped every pair, and there were nowhere near as many people. And it just it had no world's vibe whatsoever to it, except for the shirts that we were wearing, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, they were, like, glorified Friday Pro League matches. Um but this, this past weekend at the Mixed Worlds, well, two weekends ago, I should say at this point, um, were, it felt real. Like, it felt like the, it felt like a Worlds tournament. It felt like the, the Mixed Worlds that we had from long ago, even when our friends from up north were here, because there was 18 teams strong. We took up almost the entire center section of the bowling alley. Like, yeah. it was, it had a cool feel again you know there was all kinds of people in the well and and you know it was it got hot and people were sticking and they were slight you know and it just it felt like a more of a world's type tournament than even Portsmouth did I was very happy to see that you know with the women with this being the mix there was a lot of ladies that even we hadn't seen in a long time that were back um there was a couple of young ones that got into the tournament for the first time I had two of them on my team but it was good to see young ladies like Kat Alteriso and Natasha Hussey and uh, the girls on my team, Sharon Britton and um, uh, Heather Twombly. It was good to see these girls get their first taste of a major 
Because I look at these as a major. Like, I look at the 20-stringer as a major, the Worlds as a major, the Mixed Worlds as, like, a major. And then we have other tournaments. You know, like, you equate it to, like, the PGA Tour kind of thing, right? Yeah. Where there's, like, a once-a-month Pro Series stop or a major house tournament somewhere. But then we go to these these tournaments that have, like, you know, the logo, like, you know, the ICC from a few years ago. That's a Worlds. That's a major. And the Mixed Worlds, like, that's these are majors. Yeah. And to see some of these young ones come up and perform and do well mixed in with us wily, crazy veterans who've been doing this for 10-plus years, um, it, it added a cool dynamic. And it was cool to see because there was a lot of them, again, the people that might have done a league over the winter but hadn't done a big tournament, and this was their first big tournament back. And you could tell, even on the veterans, the people have been there 20, yeah. 30 years, the yeah. smile was there. There was a fire that was there. I want to win the tournament, not just compete now. We're not just, oh, we're on this not having fun. No, everybody's going out and trying to get it done. And that element was back, and that felt real, and that felt good. I can I can think right off the top of my head of at least eight to ten new female bowlers mm -hmm. for a what we would call a major tournament. Yep. Um, and there were quite a few new male bowlers mm -hmm. that may bowl you know you, you see them on candlepin chat or on the scores of you know scores of the week you know posting um but they may not bowl many big tournaments they bowl house tournaments things like that so it was good to see them you know really mm -hmm. i i gotta echo maki what you said it it felt real it did for the first time yeah. in more than almost two years, year and a half, however you want to look at it. Yeah. These felt this tournament felt like a major. And we know what the majors feel like. We've we've all had the ball in our hands at the worlds. We've all been there at the mixed worlds. We've all bowled the 20 stringer. We've all bowled the singles knockout up at the worlds. It's a different element when you have the ball in your hand there. Not necessarily in the ninth to win the match, but just stepping up on the approach in a major and not just going to like like I run the King of the River here every Sunday morning. It's not major. That's a little housey thing where I make fun of my buddies and I drink coffee the whole day. It's different. This is a major where people pay top dollar to be there. You're on a team that's competing for a title. It's got a little more like chutzpah to it, right? Like a little more fire in the belly yep. to go get it done. And I felt sure. that for the first time in a year and a half. And it felt good. Yeah. It felt and really some, good. And there were some really good matches. Like There was. There I, I'm trying to think. I I didn't see many what I would term blowouts because obviously being single string matches, um, anything can happen with a single string. Um, I, I I saw a few obviously because you see that any you're going to see that anywhere. But most I thought were really entertaining and very competitive. Competitive is the word. Yes, yes. there was so much good competitive matches. It was silly. You know, you can look at that and say, well, because the, the pins were really quirky and they didn't fall over very easily. There weren't 700s. There wasn't any 730s nope. thrown. And I don't care if you could say, well, the ladies, well, I don't care. The ladies are putting up numbers, too. You can still throw a 700 in a mixed world's atmosphere. We've seen it happen many, many times. But with the nature of the conditions that we bowled under, they just set up the matches to be good, competitive, where more often than not, it didn't come down to who got the strikes or the spin. It came down to who got the nines and tens. Yeah. Who didn't? Who did not leave the fives and six boxes up there? Who checked out the last two or three pins for the nine or the ten box? So many matches during the course of the week were won and lost by fifteen pins, 
over the course of five people in 10 boxes each. That's 50, 50 boxes here. And we're talking mm -hmm. about matches that were less than 20 pins apart from each other. That's yeah. less than a pin a box. That's yeah. one good yeah. third ball out of each person per game. Yeah. Those were the teams that won. Those were the teams that cashed. And the, the, the other cool part that I, you know, once I kind of thought about the weekend and everything else that was really kind of neat to see was there, the last string, what was it, 16 strings? Yeah, 16 strings? 17, 17 games. 18 17 teams, games. 17 games. Yeah. The 17th string still meant something for first place, second place, third place, down through seventh place. Like, the money they paid four spots. And there were seven teams something like buying? that something something yeah, like that I think seven or eight i think i know that it was like wow going into the very last game of the tournament my team bowled josh daly's team with craig holbrook on that team jojo yeah and um that match where whoever won that match was going to finish in fourth and cash no third oh you would have moved you would have moved up yeah. to third whoever whoever basically whoever yeah. won that match was going to cash. this is how we kind of understood yeah. it i didn't know the numbers but whoever won that match was cashing and whoever lost that match had the potential to fall to sixth or seventh. Yes. Yeah, which you guys did. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. because yeah. I went out and completely sucked and daily annihilated my which face. Which did. And I, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I they, hit the head pin a few times, but he, give, all, it didn't matter what I did. Give daily credit down and Give daily yeah. credit on that. He, he threw the second biggest string of the tournament in the 17th string. I because didn't he throw that? Wasn't it a 166? Yeah, 160, 160, yeah. two, uh, six, six, two, no, I had, I had 162. Tim yeah. Douglas had 169. <laughs> then it was 64. 64. I think no, okay. he threw yeah. 64. Yeah, right in so my grill. He did that, that in the in the very last string mm -hmm. when it mattered. And that was the other cool thing, was you saw people doing things in in positions that they're not used to being in. Right. For example, Josh Daly, hell of a ball, hell of a bowler, and has arguably one of the top young male bowlers in the sport right now. Agreed. Arguably. Mm -hmm. You yep. can argue that. Bowl and anchor all weekend long. Not just bowling anchor, team. but bold anchor with Craig Holbrook, with Craig Holbrook on his team. That's yeah. a testament to Craig as well, a man who's been around the block yep. three times and has three different size T-shirts to prove it. Yep. He's been there and done that. And he's been able to recognize that Josh has something about him, something really sexy yep. about him and that left arm of his. At this point, even in his young career, that even now, being as young as he is, not all of us had our heads together about us when we were 19 or 20 years old. It didn't happen to me until I was almost 30, and half of it still hadn't happened, and I'm almost 40. But he's managed to pull himself together and pull it together when it mattered at the very end. Yep. You, make, you make your captain look great by that. You make yourself look good, and you made the team look great thirdly. Yep, and, and I want to talk about your team for a second because there were two teams that really surprised me for the weekend in a, in a positive way, I would say. Mm-hmm. One was Stars and Stripes. <laughs> Very much so. They they guys, came yeah. they came out of I'm not gonna say they came out of nowhere because they're all good bowlers. Every single one of them. I'm I argue you have two of the better male bowlers in the state of Maine, and you can argue that they are two of the top four bowlers with Chris Merrill and Cole Fry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um 
And then for the women, you had Shannon Scribner, who is, again, arguably one of the top female bowlers and probably is the top female bowler in the state of Maine right now. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. But after that, you had people really step up. A Cliff Walker, a Mike Jakes, things like that, who really, like, I'm not going to say they bowled over their head because, they're again, they're all good bowlers, but they stepped up. And they, they, they finished in second. They lost mm-hmm. the last yeah. string. We won our last string um, again. But your team really, and, and you and I had this conversation before the tournament even started, that, you know, you had no expectations going in. No, I didn't. Because I... you had two brand-new female bowlers, mm-hmm. young. What are they, both 18, something like 19. that? They're both 19. 19. They just, they would have been getting out. They would have both just gotten out of juniors this past season. That would have just ended. Uh, They were both robbed of their last two years, basically. So it was time to come to the adults. I I absolutely loved what you did. Loved what you did with them. Um, They bowled fantastic. I know they struggled at times, but the coolest thing was our, like our match that we had. You put, was it Heather? Is it Heather? Hey, hey. Heather? Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which a lifelong, a lifelong nickname was born. A little quick, little backstory. You know, we all know in bowling, it's hot. You don't give yourself a nickname. You kind of get it bestowed on you from some random thing you did at the hotel or whatever. Yeah. Um, we tur- they turned on the sheets, and this girl Heather on my team, Heather Twombly, they put her name in as Hey, H E Y. So literally, we all just started calling her, hey, 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 and it just caught on. Everybody in the bowling alley started calling her, hey, hey. I was like, do you like that nickname? And she goes, it's not bad. I'm like, well, it's there forever now. It's sorry. Yeah. It's there forever now. That is your (laughs) nickname, period, at this point. Now, she she let off, right? No, Sharon was leading off. Oh, Sharon led. Okay, so Sharon Sharon led off. Sharon was leading off. Heather bowled second. Okay. And then... um, I think Mikey, Joey, and then Matt. I didn't yeah. bowl that game because I was god-awful. Yeah, well, you were scared because you were bowling me. And, and I know I get it, Mikey. You were scared to bowl me because we were going to have a pleasant match. And We were, but I just know. I know that you look up to me, and I didn't want you to have to look up to me while we were actually bowling. Dude, I look up to so everybody. I took myself out. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking of you. I was thinking of you. Um, the coolest part was we had we had Maddie lead enough yep. every match. Yep. And... It was so cool that Shan- Shannon let off for you guys. Sh- Sharon. 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 Okay, yep. sorry. Sharon let off against, and she did bowl against and Madison. Yes. She bowled against Maddie, and she was smiling after every box. Same with Heather. They were smiling after. It didn't matter to them if they made the shot or missed the shot. Well, see, they know Madison. Yeah. Madison coaches in the Academy Lanes Junior League program. Madison, not long ago, was coaching Sharon and Heather. Okay. Because Madison's already graduated out of the Kids League now a couple years, and Madison gives her time on Saturday mornings at the Kids League down at Academy in Haverhill. And so she has watched these girls been coming up too. Now, Madison, she is different. She's young, but she has more experience than 90% of the people her age her progeny, and just growing up in the bowling alley just gives you that extra leg up on most everybody else. It's a fact. You can't yeah. really deny it. 
But her watching Sharon and Heather having grown up the last couple of years and been their coach, now she sees these girls finally being there because it's really difficult as a woman because people understand in, in the mixed worlds. It, we've said it before, and, and I'll believe it as long as I'm in the tournament. The women win that tournament for your oh, team. Oh, sure. Thousand absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The, the men, we have matches against each other. More often than not, the guys wash out. And it's the difference between the ladies that ends up taking the string or not taking the string. Yeah. yeah. More often than not, you as a captain would look at getting the best women you can find for that one reason. Sure. Absolutely. Which, I, which is a sound strategy. However, the young ones will always get left out of that equation. And I look at it this way. How are the young ones supposed to get the experience if they don't get the shot? Yep. Now, I'm not saying that every one of them deserves that shot. But, like, we've seen a few of the studs come out of the juniors, right? We've seen kids like Johnny Boudreaux, Mike McGinty, Josh Daly. And up in Maine, we've seen Shannon Scribner, okay, amongst others. Those just yeah. a couple quick four that I mentioned, young ones that have come out and made yep. an impact. If they didn't get that chance to come out of the juniors and make an impact right away, I mean, well, naturally, they were, I, mean, I shouldn't say it that way. They were most likely going to get that chance because of who they were and how studly they were. When they were in the kids, people already heard about them up in the pro ranks where we bowl. If you take the other ones that had been maybe just under those studs, the ones who were chasing the studs, the ones who know how to get it done but just can't seem to get that last bit of either experience or attention, and they always feel like they're in second, you've got to give them a chance to get out there and prove their medal too. I've been coaching Sharon for over two years now. I'm good friends with her father, Lane. And I've watched Sharon come into my bowling alley two years ago, averaging 85. And now I watch her bowling in the adult leagues here, averaging 104. Heather, I've known for a long time. She's Austin Bonds' girlfriend. Heather, whatever the hell you're doing, get away from that kid. I'm telling you now. Just get, <laughs> just, 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 just get away. I love Austin, but just for your own self, just, just get away from the kid. Just kidding, Austin. I love you. Uh, but I've seen Heather bowl. She has... The ball, the, one of the two things that impressed me about these two women, they're not afraid to throw the ball. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I find, I see a lot of the women that should probably throw the ball a skosh harder to help their impact, to help their pins, to help their actions, and, and they don't for whatever reason. Sharon and Heather throw the ball with everything they got. Not so hard that it's ridiculous, but they also don't throw the little tiny slow roller little tiny thing. Yeah. They get the ball there with an intent. Yep. It doesn't have to be with maximum velocity. It has to be with intent. And I saw these two, and I knew they were ready to do something. And sometimes somebody just has to open the door before you can just go walking yeah. right through it. It was just, it was cool, Marky. I was and so I, proud of watching them. Thank you just, very much. Tim. It, I appreciate it, it. I was, look, let's face it. Calvin, Brian, you and I, we've seen a lot of freaking bowling in our mm -hmm. life. Fact. Okay. Way too much. A lot. <laughs> no I am 50 years old in a in just over a month. Mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of bowling. To see the young bowlers like that coming off smiling. Yeah, they missed a shot. Yeah, they had a bad box, but they they didn't let it get to them. They haven't nope. had enough years. <laughs> no, and, that, and maybe that's it. I mean, and we got blown out in that match. We lost that match by a solid 40, 50 pins. We were winning after like four boxes. We were up on you guys by like 30 or 40. Yeah. But then you guys came back and just closed the match out and we finished. Yeah. But one thing I was really trying to teach them was not necessarily like go out there and win everything. I, I remember telling the both of them, look, 
if we lose a game, this is a good opportunity to deal with how to lose in a professional environment where it is just a one-string match. If you lose, don't carry it over with you to the next match because the next match is on a totally different lane, totally different pins against a totally different opponent. Yep. This is a good way to teach them how to like just go out, get a breath of fresh air, grab a drink, grab a soda or something, refresh yourself, and then get back to the next task at hand instead of carrying that baggage of, oh, we lost, we lost, we lost. You know, it helped that we did win more than we lost, but at the same time, when we lost, I never saw them getting down on themselves, you know, just kind of throwing a ball away, ah, the hell with it. And they carried themselves so well for their first tryout that yeah. I, I would bowl with either one of them again in a professional setting it, like that. It was it was cool. Again, I just I thought it was cool. Um, you know, Natasha Hussey, that was her first tournament. Yep. Uh, Brian, what's McClendon? Um, Casey? McClendon? Cassidy. So Cassidy. Cassidy McClendon. Cassidy she, McClendon. Oh my God. She threw great. She threw great. Throw, she she threw, throw, great, uh, great ball. Stars and strikes, I think. Right, Brian? Stars yeah. and strikes ball. Stars and strikes, yeah. She yeah. bowls with uh, Jenna and Kerrigan, and then they all yep. came up together. And of course, Kerrigan, I mean, again, another really solid young bowler who's got a ton of potential. Um, she seems a little further ahead than some of the other girls. Well, she again, seems up on Shannon's level to an extent. She's getting there. Um, yeah. You know, it helps that both her mother, uh, her stepmother and father, uh, Zach and Renee, obviously yeah. bowl in all these tournaments. Um, she's been exposed to some of the higher level tournaments, bowling with Mark Carrier, things like that. She um, bowled in the Women's Worlds in November yeah. the last time they had it. Yeah. So I don't know. It was cool. Um, a great weekend, though. It was really, really fun uh, with Nate taking it back over next year. They're trying to get it back up to 24 teams again, the same way it was. Hopefully, our friends from up north can come back down. We I, see Calvin. We see I'd Corey, like to see it go up Jess. to Canada. I would love to yeah. see it go up to Canada. He did not say anything about how it was going to stay in the house. So we can travel. This can I would, travel. I would I, love, I'd love to see it in Canada. I'd love to see it. How many lanes? I'd love to drive Kingswood? up to Canada and it not snow. King, Kingswood has... 20 automatic sure. lanes right now. They're at 20? I don't know what they're, yeah, but they still can't. have they still have the 30 lanes in there. But so, Moncton still has the have to shut it off. Moncton's still the whole house, right? They still yeah. got 36 up there? 36, yeah. Yeah. So there's a few places yeah. that it could I go. I don't know. I just think it would be fun. It'd be cool. Be I like, one up, I like mm -hmm. one up to Canada to bowl. Uh, we, so could, we could do... Uh, I, I doubt this would ever happen, but we could do what... Uh, we're trying to do it. We have our mixed provincials, the one that I've talked about before. And it used to be so big that we actually had to use three different houses. So we really? had, yeah, we had, we had five divisions. So we had a, a, B, C, D, E. And there's usually 18 or 19 teams per division. Jesus. So oh, yeah, there, there used to be, it was, oh God, it was almost like a hundred teams. And it would be a whole weekend, usually bowled Friday Sat or Thursday night, depending on how many teams you had. You bowled Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, two strings Sunday, and then your playoffs were three strings or two strings. Just top four make playoffs from each division. Yeah, yeah. And it was it's so to get something maybe like that where we could split it up into two or three houses for a whole weekend would be interesting because in Moncton, be so cool because in Moncton we have all three houses which are basically 15 minutes from each other 
Either Moncton, way, right? Dieppe. Moncton, and Dieppe, and uh, Riverview. Riverview only has Riverview's still open? Well, they're, they've, they've been bought out. And I know Kelly turning, and uh, yeah. Rich left. And they're turning it into a, a uh, brewery bowling alley type thing, like they did with the Bolodrome in Fredericton. So, Very cool. Uh, yeah. So I think they're keeping that at 12 lanes and they're re, you know, redoing it because it hasn't had much work in the last 15 or 20 years. Yeah. So, you know, if we get that up, hopefully, and then we can move it and have three houses and that would be it, really. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty yeah. fun. But even Nate was saying he's call the Alpine? options. Yes, the Alpine. That's what it's still called. Okay. The Alpine Next okay. Provincials. Yeah. Well, Nate had said he's open to options of anything yep. that can make the tournament better because Nate Lees is running the tournament now. Yep, Deb DeRosia handed it over to Nate. Yeah. Um, so that's that's cool. Nate's a real close friend of mine who has nothing but the best interest of the tournament yep. in mind. So yeah. any good suggestions, send them over to Nate Lees. I, I would like to see Bangor get a shot at it only because they were supposed to have it last year and it got canceled. I'm always good with Bangor. I'm 1-0. Oh, so. I mean... Son of a. Uh-huh. Anyway, let's uh, let's we got about you know roughly five minutes or so. Let's 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 get to one of these at least one of these questions or two of these questions because we've got like five or six, so we're not going to get to them all. Um, the first one, uh, Brian, I'm going to start with you on this one, and, and okay. we're going we're gonna to go with everybody here. Out, uh, how the hell did was this worded? Uh, out of you four. Who would you put in the last two boxes of a close match to win the match? And I know the answer. The answer, pass. every single no, every pass. single, There's every no single passing. one of us is gonna say each other. You know what I mean? You're, no like, one's Calvin's gonna, say, gonna me. say Calvin's gonna say no Calvin Mackey, you're gonna say, say yourself. Me. I'm gonna say, I mean, well, it it's a it's I could all three of us have been anchormen. Yes. All three of us have had the ball in our hand when it mattered. Yes. And we've all come through. But yet we've also all failed at some point. Correct. Um, I, Brian, your answer. You ain't gonna hurt my feelings, bro. You ain't gonna yeah, hurt you're my not feelings. Gonna hurt you're not gonna hurt. You know that. Honestly, Tim, just because of how many times I've seen him do it. Okay, I'll either I'll on ven- the team I'll, or against the team or. I'll Venmo you later. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was something to that. Yeah, I knew yeah. that was some bullshit. Yeah. We're trying to be nice to each other here, and Tim's like, "All right, I'll send you that twenty bucks." Later. Yeah, fuck, I was being a realist. Yeah. Brian, I got that question in advance. What kind of journalism yeah. is this? Yeah, Calvin, completely unbiased. Uh, See first. That sadly, I'd have to say Tim. I feel I, I feel really bad about it, but sadly, I'd have to say Tim. <laughs> I'd put Tim in the last two boxes. I'd have to. I'd have to give him a 15-pin lead, so I'd be in the four-hole giving him Thank a 15-pin lead. Thank you. Yeah, I'll give yes. him ball this did ball. not say how big of a lead that I would have. I know I can hold a 20-pin lead. I've done that. I'll get, I'll get you that. Yeah. I'm giving the ball to Calvin. Oh. Not because of any other reason. He's Canadian. Oh, and the Canadians true. have that Canadian luck when it comes down to the end that they just throw strikes out of literal nowhere. Yeah, like I did to you in 2000. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember that anymore. All right. Like I don't Robbie, know. Robbie Hopper <laughs> did to us in 2018. I don't even remember Maybe that anymore. 2018. Yeah, 2018 Worlds. You guys, did you guys miss the playoffs? Yeah, because Robbie 18? just took four steps, hucked it, and threw a strike. 
No, that wasn't that. Robbie wasn't film. with us. That in was an academy. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah it was because my son was born that year. I well, that, remember that, that one was at academy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, but that, he Rob, wasn't on your team. Robbie Cal. wasn't on our yeah. team. No, he so, wasn't on your team. So I think it was 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. We we were coming down to the last box, and I think I was bowling you, Tim, because you had subbed out from Mark Carrier. Mark Carrier was anchor, and then they put you anchor because I, I... I wasn't on the team that year. That was no, Mark you were. What, what year I, was this? 16 uh, at Lakeside. So, at 16 Lakeside. at Lakeside. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a. You threw shit. a seven. You threw a seven box in the tenth in the tenth box, and probably. I needed to, I needed to strike the tie, and I just obliterated it. Probably <laughs> like I'm no, going with the Canadian luck. I'm going with the Canadian luck in the ninth and tenth. I've seen it happen too I'm many times. Go, I'm, it, it, I'm if actually, I have to pick anybody, oh. I'm actually yeah. I'm actually going to go with Markey on this one. Would you really now? Yeah, I would. I would, and I'll tell you why, Thanks, buddy. Uh, no, I'll tell you why. All, all of us have done it. I've done it. Calvin's done it. I've seen Brian do it. I've seen you do it. I think right now, you're the one that's still bowling the most. And you're the one that's still... Well, yeah. we're, we're not talking right now. We're talking hypothetical. <laughs> I said right now. Hey, Calvin, going, shut yeah. your fucking mouth. That was just nice to you. Let him be nice to me for three seconds. Well, what do you think? Nice <laughs> Now, that's going to lead me to this next question, that, and this person did say this was a two-part question. If you were to be on a four-person team with us four, okay. how would you set your lineup? And, Calvin, I'll start with you. Um, me, Brian, Mark, you. You lead off? Yeah. Okay. Brian? Me, Calvin, Mark, you. Mackie? I would lead. Brian would bowl second. Calvin would bowl third. And Tim, you'd be the anchorman. I'm going, I, I'm going with Marky on this one. I put, I don't, really? Because I don't every, everybody anchor, else like picked themselves off. to lead off. <laughs> no, everybody else picked like themselves to lead off. I would put, put Marky first, and I'll tell you why. Because in every year that Calvin's won, he's bowled in that fourth spot. He's bowled in the, in the, yeah. the setup guy. It's a setup, the setup, spot. The setup guy spot. So that's man. why I would put him in the third spot. So, and yeah. I'll bowl, I'll bowl anywhere as long as it's anchor. So, right, exactly. God, so look forward to episode sixty nine of Ripping the Rack podcast. <laughs> yeah, when we discuss Tim's illustrious career and we roast the shit out of him like a cashew. Yes. Yeah. So we will not <laughs> get to the we will not get to the rest of these questions. We will get to these questions. In next, week's in next week's episode, Calvin, this is now the reason why you now see why we never or hardly ever got to questions when you would complain. Oh, you had questions. You didn't even answer any questions. You're right. Well, now you see why. I didn't say a now word all episode. <laughs> I know. It's the best episode we've had for a long time. Yeah, I have watched the hockey He's game. Canadian. He's watching a hockey game. Leave him alone. It's what they do. Yeah. Anyway, folks, there's a hockey team outside his house right now. Probably. <laughs> a couple please, kids are outside rollerblades, street hockey. Please, 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 please. More questions, comments, your concerns about Brian and his OnlyFans account can go to Ripping the Rack Podcast mm -hmm. at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ripping the Rack Podcast. 
Uh, you will not find us on OnlyFans. You will find Brian on OnlyFans. Uh, and the last thing is, again, 60-second videos or audio recordings, whichever way you want to do it. Send it to Ripping the Rack podcast for episode 69, The Roast of Tim Matero. Yes. Uh, Brian, where else can they? Cannot wait where, for that. Oh God, where else can they see us or hear us? Well, they can hear us on Spotify, Anchor Breaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Excellent. Thank you. Calvin, great yes. job today. Thank you. You did wonderful just sitting I there looking it, pretty. I, I thought it was great. That's what yep. I'm here for. I'm here yep. for the looks. Uh, excellent. Classing the place up a little bit. Definitely class the place up. Uh, you will hear us uh, Friday morning. Uh, same bat channel, same bat time. Uh, we will talk jokes. about whatever, anything <laughs> other than Candleton Bowling. And you can listen to Marky and Brian on a special. I'll let you plug it, guys, real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, uh, Brian and I, otherwise known as the Coastal Crusader and the Mass Hole, Marky Pins, we will be flying out to Denver, Colorado in three days' time at this point. To be a part of Rocky mm -hmm. Mountain Pro Wrestling's Milestone Weekend, which is their WrestleMania-level event. We will be on Rocky Mountain Pro's channel on Twitch, so check them out, twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro. You will see Brian and I actually competing in the ring Friday night in the Royal That's Rumble right, event in the, the Colorado Wait. Cup. You will see Brian, myself, Johnny Stana, Johnny Deathdrop, the Sunday Night Savior, Jeff Walsh, and Triple I, the infinite Indian idiot, inspirational ignoramus uh josh riapel <laughs> that's quintuple i maybe we should change his name but we will be on the commentary desk for the pre-show of both events friday night starting at i believe six o'clock eastern um and saturday i believe yes. at six o'clock eastern i'm not sure if it's eastern or seven o'clock eastern it's i'm not six sure o'clock eastern and it will be six. yeah i think it's six o'clock there is or a two hour time eastern, six o'clock mountain Okay, both yeah, so, that, so both events start at eight. It's two hour pre shows. Exactly. So we will be there causing chicanery and teaching people how to speak the Boston accent in Colorado. Beerstock Lager House. Yes. In Denver, yeah. Colorado. Yes. Excellent. Guys, good luck. Please don't get hurt. Please uh, don't get to. hurt. I'll, I, I bring my medical card with me in case I got to go to the hospital. <laughs> I hope, I hope yep. someone, I hope someone gets to uh, eliminate someone by throwing them over the top rope. That would be cool. I, I will I, eliminate Marky. Okay. I'm going to go into business for myself. I'm eliminating Coastal. He's gone. That's awesome. <laughs> He's gone. Everybody loves you, it. You know what? I hope, it's, I, hope it's, the, I hope we're in there at the same the time by ourselves. <laughs> what do they call it when you throw someone into the ropes? That's on a lariat, right? That's the, it's an the Irish whip. The yeah. Irish whip. It's, yep. Okay, Marky, you Irish whip him into the ropes. He comes off. And you come down. Up and over he goes. Absolutely. It'll be the easiest thing I've done all day. I just Listen. said this on Sunday night. I have to be wary of that big guy where he runs and then the little guys grab that rope and they fall down. You got to be careful of that in a battle royal. Yes, you do. Good luck. All right. Thank you, Peace. sir. Peace out, guys. We'll see you.